Welcome to the Roadmap to 50K on Shopify. Each week, we'll take you behind the scenes of real stores, where you're going to learn actionable strategies and tips that will fast-track the growth and profitability of your e-commerce business. So, buckle up. Welcome your host and Shopify expert, Susan Bradley. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back. I cannot wait for you to meet my guest today. Her name is Brianna. She has been a member of the Inner Circle for years and years and years. Today, I finally get to meet her face to face, and she has something so valuable to share with you. Because, of course, she's going to share her experience with Kickstarter. And at the end, she's going to tell you three things she thinks you really need to know before you start your own campaign. So listen, Brianna, finally get to meet you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I know it's been, I don't know, three or four years now. Yeah, you're a lifer. (laughs) So so I'm so glad I got this opportunity to to meet you. And what I would love you to do now is just share with uh, everyone who's listening. Uh, Let's talk about your Kickstarter product and uh, really the benefit, like what is that product doing? Uh, why, do you, why did you bring it to market? Let, well, let's, let's start with the product. Let's do that. <laughs> All right, awesome. Uh, my product is a book called Kids Create the Change, and it is for seven to 12 year olds. It's actually part book, part workbook. So it's interactive. There's some really empowering and engaging activities within it. And it does three main things. Uh, The first is it adds to the parent-child connection, which we know we all need being home with our kids so often. Um, The second is it segments into harder topics that we assume kids know about, but they don't always know. And it gives them the skills to deal with those things when they happen in real life. And the third is it makes kids mentally strong and builds their emotional intelligence. So good. So when you say difficult topics, like, can you give me a clue? Yeah, like, um, you know, kids don't always know what does it mean to be intentional? Or how can I be reflective? Like, it seems like such a large thing to ask a child to be reflective. Um, So it digs in deeper on what does that mean? A mirror reflects the outside of you, your mind reflects the inside of you, and how it all works. And when I was looking at your uh, Kickstarter campaign, I saw a little bit about kids with disabilities. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I was really surprised to read a statistic that only 3.4% of published children's books feature kids with disabilities. So I felt like it was such a large gap in the market. Um, I happen to have two kids. Um, One of them I found out does have two disabilities, and I found that out while I was writing this book. And so it actually really inspired me to keep going. Um, What I realized for all kids, but also kids with disabilities, is they just want to be accepted. Um, They want to be accepted for who they are. And I think that we can bring that to the world. Like, why aren't we showing more of the beautiful people we share the world with with our kids? Yeah. And how those kids have to understand, uh, or not the children with disabilities, how we want all of our kids to understand that they are just people too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With the same challenges that you have, plus a few. Yeah. And also that, um, you know, you may see a difference or you may hear a difference, but it's also a reason to find common ground. At the end of the day, if if we want to, we can find common ground with basically anyone. We just have to. Right. 
What a good point. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about uh, how, how did you get here? Because when I think of you in the inner circle, I didn't uh, know about the Kickstarter campaign until you brought it up. And I know that you are, a, are you a meditation teacher? You teach? Yes. Let's, let's hear it. I, uh, I took a yoga teaching certification many years ago, and I found this deep inner peace through meditation. And I thought, well, kids need to know this. Why aren't we teaching this to kids? And so I decided to become a children's meditation teacher. And so I sell cards that teach kids how to deep breathe and meditate, and then other cards that teach kids affirmations that empower them. Wow. And so how did you get, I know, and you've had that business for some time. So, so I, I kind of see the connection between your, uh, your book now that's half book, half activity. I see that, but tell me how, uh, how did you get here with, okay, this is what I do. And now I'm going to, you know, really go out on a limb and, uh, start this Kickstarter campaign for this new book. Tell me what happened. I thought that, you know, being a mom, we want to raise good humans. We want to raise people that are going to be great in the world and feel successful and love themselves for who they are. And so I decided to write a book on those things because I think sometimes parents just don't know where to start. You know, they want to instill these things, but it's like, where do I go? How do I power up integrity? How do I build mental strength? And so I thought a really great avenue was to put my writing skills to the test and to, to make a book that actually helps parents solve this problem all within just one book instead of having to go out. And kind of in a natural way, right? Like something that's fun for the child, doesn't seem preachy, helps them discover a lot of these things on their own as they go through it. Is that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I wrote it in a language that... Um, kind of as like, you can do this, like if you want to, because kids ultimately have the say and what they want to pick up and what they don't. Um, and it's interesting because they do use their higher thinking skills throughout the book and they take some of the text and apply it to their lives. And the activities are pretty fun. Um, they're fun for parents and they're certainly fun for kids and they make that real world connection. So instead of just reading, they get a hands-on experience of, oh, okay, this is how it works. Yeah, totally. And I think the illustrations are cute too. Just saying. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I love good. the <laughs> So good. So, so you decided that this was your time. I think you told me you, uh, with COVID, you uh, got laid off from your full-time job. I did. I got laid off and I had already started writing the bulk of this. I had the illustrations, but I put it to the side for a while. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, when I was laid off, I was like, okay, if, if I want to do this, it, it's got to be now. And so I took the chance and here I am. <laughs> wow. So good. Okay. So you, uh, you decided, okay, this is like my golden opportunity to finish this book and then get it launched. And so you decided to go the Kickstarter route. So people are going to want to know, the people who are listening are going to want to know what, like, what were the first steps you took to start a Kickstarter campaign? So can you walk us through that whole process? Because I know you've got a video and you've got all sorts of rewards. So how, how does somebody just get started? So lots of research. I would suggest to research um, research other projects that are in your same target, um, find the best, and then also the ones that didn't fund. So you can kind of make your own plan for what you want to do and what you want to avoid. Um, having a great video is very, very important. If you're going to invest money anywhere, invest it into having that video done perfectly. 
uh, have great pictures. People are really excited to see. So they want the pictures, the gifts. If you have other videos to add, add those. It's okay. Um, and be very, very consistent on your messaging. Uh, make sure that you're drilling the same points down so people know exactly what they're getting. Okay. So once you decided, okay, Kickstarter's the route for me, and did you consider any other platforms or did you just go right to Kickstarter? I did. I had thought about doing it right through my website yeah. and I was like, eh, well, you know, I'm going to be brave and step outside my comfort zone and do something new. And so I did. <laughs> So once you made the big decision, uh, you started gathering up your assets to build your campaign. Yes. Okay. How long did that take? It took about four months. So what I did was I followed um, your course in giveaways, and I, I did a couple of giveaways, and it built up a lot of excitement. It also built up my list pretty well. And I did it for a low cost. So that was really, really exciting to see. Um, I had been marketing for about four months. I also went on LinkedIn, which is like a hidden secret. A lot of people don't network on LinkedIn and you can actually sell to people right on there. So I found teachers and school counselors and people that I thought would really be interested in this and started warming up a connection with them. And one thing I didn't do that a lot of people do is they tell their family right away. And so I decided I wanted to be kind of incognito and let them know after. Um, but I would not suggest anyone else do that. I would suggest that you get your family and friends on board right away. Let them know what, what you're doing and, and ask for help because they generally want to help. So did you use, uh, did you talk about this with your current audience as you were building all the assets? Like, did you kind of warm them up to the fact, I know you built a, uh, more of a list, uh, but did you talk to the people who are already your buyers and share with them what you were working on? I did. Um, I started, I want to say in September, I had received my first copy. And so that's where I started to kind of let them know what I was doing, the route I was going. And then over time, I kept adding to that. I had uh, segments build out. I worked out a long time building out the proper segments for people who were already on, people who were coming on and giving them kind of the inside scoop. Like, why am I doing this? Why is it important? What's in it for you? Wow. And so, and I suppose you also spent some time, um, like finding a, someone who could print a book and deliver it and yeah. what it was really going to cost you to do all those things. Like, yeah. Was hard? It was hard and it was also discouraging, I'll say, because, um, because of the fact that the book is considered to be full color, that increases the cost of the book significantly. And then when you add in the fact that it's really big, I mean, it's 360 pages, mm -hmm. that increases the cost as well. And so what I found was that I was going to have to place a bulk order because if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to afford the book and no one would buy it for that price. So that was a, a big push to also do Kickstarter was like, okay, if I want to get a bulk order placed, I need to move in that direction. So, and so what's, what quantity is considered a bulk order? Like how many do you have to have? I, I, for, to lower the cost of the book for myself, it would be 250 copies. 50. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So cool. So, so you, you started this whole process when COVID like really last yeah. April, 
Yeah, I, I finished writing and I realized I had so much editing and then I had to um, design like layout, work with a layout girl. And there were so many little intricate steps even to make it into a book, which. Yeah. So <laughs> then you got the book, the first copy. So exciting in September. And then um, how long did it take you? Were you working on your Kickstarter campaign during that time, too? I was not. Oh. Um, time I was working on adding to my list, building my list and trying to let people that were already on the list know what I was doing. Okay. And so, um, so you did all that background work first, and then you decided that you were launching this campaign. So we've talked about the video. And we talked about the fact that you have to have some beautiful images, because we're also visual now. And you have some rewards. And how did you decide how much you were going to ask for? Because Kickstarter does take uh, some they do so they take five percent and then they take an additional three to five percent for uh, sales like for what it costs to run your credit card okay. um, so it could be taking anywhere from eight to ten percent of your sales okay so that should definitely be factored into a goal mm-hmm. uh, so why I set this goal I you know I had done so much pre-launch work and I had done so much research and I felt really confident overly confident about this goal. And your goal is how much? 10,000. 10,000. Okay. So you felt really confident about 10,000. It wasn't really based on how much money you needed to get the book. Correct. Okay. Yeah. I, it was a goal that I thought I could reach and, um, I thought it was a little bit challenging enough but I didn't find it to be overly challenging until after I hit the button. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like panic. So, okay, so let's fast forward to today because as of today, you are halfway through, a little bit, a little bit more than halfway through your 30-day campaign. So you chose to go uh, for 30 days, raise $10,000. You did all the work. The product is ready to go. You just need to order it. And uh, so uh, can you share with everybody where you are at right now? Let's talk about next steps. Yeah. So right now um, I am 44% funded, um, which is not anywhere near where I thought I would be. Um, And one thing I do want to add about Kickstarter is that when people are backing a project, they do want to have full confidence that they're going to be receiving an item for it. So at this point, because I'm halfway through, I think people have lost the faith that they're going to actually receive the item. So what I've decided to do, and it's painful to say because it's a failure. I mean, I, you know, I went into this and Maybe it's not a failure, but it's definitely a big lesson learned to move me forward is um, I've decided I'm going to cancel the Kickstarter uh, within the next few days. And I'm going to take a little bit of time reaching out to some influencers, um, also getting onto some other groups that I haven't been in before. Um, and then I'm also going to reach out to anybody who's backed the project and let them know that if they back the next one, they'll get some special type offer. And then within the next month or so, I'm going to launch the next campaign. Um, with this campaign, I'm going to set the goal much, much lower. Um, one thing that Kickstarter does like is if you hit your goal pretty fast. And that kind of moves the algorithm along. It makes people think that there's this huge interest in it. You see all the time someone launching a, a product for $5,000, and then they go on to make $150,000. Right. Yeah. And what do you get your, uh, if you've got fully funded, 
in the first few days, would that actually get you to the top, like the trending uh, in kids products? It could. It could. There are certain ways that you can get it on the radar of Kickstarter. So yeah, it can definitely gain interest. And you can also add a badge to your ads that says funded in 12 hours. Um, sometimes uh-huh. you may have seen that and then you click on the project and you're like, well, of course it was. It was only $100, but nobody else knows that. Right. They only funded very quickly. Yeah. And so even though even though you have uh, 14 days left, which seems like completely doable that you could do another $5,500, in 14 days, your feeling is that you would rather do uh, do a do over because you feel like momentum is all on the front end of these things. Momentum with Kickstarter is on the front and the back end. So you do the, the busiest times are the first three days and the last three days, and there can be a lull in between. My fear is that the first three days, you know, it, it, took a little bit to get where I am. And I don't want to take that big risk on the last three days. I would love to have the next campaign where it's fully funded right off the bat. And I don't have to actually worry of if, am I going to hit this goal at all? I have another sleepless night. Yeah. (laughs) No more of those, please. (laughs) (laughs) So that's really interesting information. So here's what I took away from that is that you said an, uh, you set an arbitrary uh, goal that wasn't actually tied to what you really needed to launch the book. So it was almost more of like a vanity number. Like yeah. it, it wasn't tied to, and because you have this business where you sell products, you're like, yeah, I can do 10 K. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I get that completely, but really the strategy is so much more solid. If you say, okay, what, where's the deal breaker number? Like if I don't get this much money, that's maybe a sign that this isn't a project I should take on. Like, so, and so you think your deal breaker number is more like $5,000. Yes. Totally interesting. So that's, uh, that's so good. And so you feel like, I love that you're that you're even um, brave enough to do this because I think it takes it's really because it would really be easy to hide. Yeah. Under your bed for the next 14 days and just wait for it all to be over. That would that's the easy thing to do. But the fact that you are just like getting over yourself and saying, hey, I learned a lot and I know exactly what I'm going to do differently and you're ready to throw your hat in the ring again. That's really good. And I'm going to say to you that I think that that's okay. I think you could go either way. I think you could like, you know, beat a lot of drums, like a lot can happen in in 14 days. So I think you could do that. But the other thing I would say is that I think it's totally okay that it's right back to this, you know, nobody's really paying that much attention. No, we're the one that's most affected by it all. And that you've identified enough change uh, change that you could make that would would really affect the outcome that it's worth it if you shut it all down and just did the same thing again no yeah but when we talked before uh, we started one of the things you said to me was that you built this list of 2700 people that should be interested mm-hmm. in your in your book and you got pretty good open rates. Like mm-hmm. I think you said between 10 and 18% were your open rates for your emails and your click rates were between one and 3%? One, between two and five generally. And five. Okay. Yeah. So those are really good um, 
really good open and click rates. They're really acceptable open and click rates, given that this was a cold audience mostly, right? A lot of this was from giveaways. But I think the part that uh, that was the the part that was missing was what would that convert at? What would that list convert at, right? And so I'm just gonna haul up my like I find particularly from giveaways, if you can get like a four percent conversion rate, you're winning. So yeah, and that's over time, and which is something you don't have a lot of. Yeah, so that's 108 backers over time. If you could get like over six months, a 4% conversion rate, but you didn't have time. And how many backers do you have right now? I have 106. Okay, so here's what I would say, that you're probably, it's probably kind of a typical, it's probably kind of a typical response. The problem was that you just didn't have enough eyeballs on this thing. Yeah, that, that was a challenge for sure. And, you know, I think a lot of people who go into Kickstarter too, they do have some people behind them as well. It's not just one person. Right. And I am working five hours a day while my kids are in school and I'm trying to maximize the time. So, um, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm emailing on or messaging on LinkedIn for the first three hours and then doing something else. And it feels like a whirlwind. So um, they, there is a suggestion to always hire a virtual assistant. And I think that that's a great idea because one trying to do it all doesn't always work. <laughs> and what would that virtual assistant do? Well, I could have the virtual assistant do things that, um, that would allow me to do more of what I need to do. So they could probably message people on LinkedIn with a canned response that I've created. Um, they could post on social media for me. Um, and then they could allow me to do the other things like really build relationships where I need to be doing that um, lower shipping costs if I'm able to do that. And um, anything else that I really need to be the front end of. Uh, so the needle mover that you can yeah. be doing more needle moving activities. So, so that might be uh, if that person was the VA was doing prospecting for you and then said, okay, these are the few people that you should connect with and see if you can arrange something. Okay. Super interesting. So that would be something else you would do. What about the length of the campaign? So when I think about launching a product and I think about successes that I've had, and of course it's different because I've never done a Kickstarter, but I'm, I was thinking, wow, 30 days sounds like torture. <laughs> when you don't have your goal hit, it certainly is. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about that. What would you do uh, next time? Uh, you know, it's funny because I almost did 35 days and someone said to me, well, there's a lull in between, like you really only have six hot days and in between you don't want to extend it. Um, I think this time I would do 20 days. That would allow, um, you know, the six days. And then I really just have two weeks of in-between time. Um, and I think I would go in with a different plan. I've tried a lot of strategies this time and they were a time killer in certain ways because they didn't pan out. Um, so I think I would do something that I was confident was really going to work in that 14 day time of lull. What did you do that has worked? Um, a few things I've done is I have, uh, I've posted in certain groups, um, asking for opinions on, uh, what the book looks like and people have been interested in, in contributing in that type of way. Um, I did connect with a few teachers that were in the age range that I'm looking for the seven to 12 range. And 
they've actually backed the project. Um, one had referred it to uh, her parents in her class. And so I think I would do more of that. What I think I, I didn't do was on LinkedIn, I kind of pitched it pretty quickly. Um, what I would do this time is nurture that relationship first. Maybe ask like, hey, why were you inspired to become a teacher? Um, what would you share with me on uh, one of the biggest problems with kids these days and use that as a bridge to, to build a real connection. Okay, interesting. So we talked about how you could leave three people or three, uh, three of your top tips, three things that people who are considering this, because now you have been down the road, you're gonna uh, try again and get it, have a successful funding. And I think if you go for 5,000, it won't be that hard for you to get successfully funded. What are the three things that you think people should, um, people should have top of mind, like kind of the game changers for, for them as they're setting up their own Kickstarter campaigns? First is build an audience. Um, build an audience on your email list, talk about it with family and friends, make a uh, paperwork for how family and friends can help you, whether it just be canned responses that they can send out in groups, um, by email, by text, just get as many people excited about the project way before it even starts. Yeah, it's not a good secret to keep. <laughs> okay, so number one is I love that. So understand that you have to build an audience. And, and it's okay to uh, tell family and friends who want to help exactly what is help looks like. Don't say, oh, I love it if you'd help and then run away. Tell them exactly what help looks like. Perfect. Exactly. Yeah. Next, um, number two. Number two is, well, this is pretty obvious from our conversation, is set a reasonable funding goal. Um, don't set it that it's too high. Set it where you know that you can achieve it, but it's also going to cover the cost of what you're trying to do. Um, with what I did, I went $5,000 higher than I needed to. Um, so make sure that you're weighing in all of the expenses you need and set it as low as you can. Um, also remember that that goal is not always the goal you're, you're trying to aim for. So if you hit the goal, you could get it higher. Whereas in this case, I, I did the opposite. So right. don't do <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> but you know, really, we don't know what we don't know. And so it's so actually generous of you to come here and share it because like, does, does anybody really want to talk about what didn't work? Not, not really. But, but I think that, you know, I, I've kind of blazed the trail on that one all the time. <laughs> but it's so true, because we, we when a, we're so close to our projects, we don't even question it. I mean, when you say it right now, well, that's common sense. But at the time, it makes a lot of sense to you exactly. to choose that goal. So I think that's a really good point. So really, you want the lowest possible amount that isn't a deal breaker for you. Yes. Yes. Perfect. What's number three? Number three is be super clear on your messaging. People don't like to read a lot. They like to video. They like to see it in pictures and gifts. Uh, make it fun. Uh, make it like newsworthy with your pictures. Show lifestyle pictures. Show product pictures. Make sure they're high quality. And then when you are adding text, make sure you're very, very clear on what you're adding. Um, be clear, be concise, and try not to put too much where people are going to question it. Um, I, I can be wordy. <laughs> and... Okay. 
<laughs> so this is a this has really helped realizing okay people don't want to read through all that really they want to know what's in it for them yep. why is it going to help and how can they just go ahead and make that exactly especially at your price point I mean you have uh, probably more options for rewards than you need and now you'll know that for the next time uh, because we all try and cover all our bases, but your price point is totally reasonable. I mean, it's not a huge decision for most parents who would love an activity for their kids that's going to make them mentally tougher, that's going to uh, make them uh, more emotionally intelligent, that's going to make them uh, be more connected to you and learn that in a in a kind of organic way. I don't know if I said it right, but you know what I mean? That's an easy that's an easy win for, I think, you know, $30 gets you a book, right? Or $39, something like that. It's not like, it's kind of, it's kind of not a big decision to make. The hard part is uh, hitting it where exactly they understand without a lot of thinking or searching of, about whether it's for them and what, how it's going to make their life better. Super exactly. Great. Yeah. Listen, thank you so much for sharing all of this. You're going to do a lot of people a big favor because they'll know. Now, I want to know uh, where is, first of all, let's remind everybody what the project is called. The project is called Kids Create the Change. Kids Create the Change. When you relaunch, I'm going to share that with everybody. But also, in the meantime, where can they uh, see you? Where can they find you? Where can they get some of these meditation cards yeah, so my Instagram and Facebook are both at Kids Create the Change. No dashes, no hyphens. <laughs> Super good. So they can go see you there. They should get definitely get on your email list because you'll let everybody know when you relaunch your campaign. I saw that and thought, oh, I need that book for my little grandson. He's going to have to grow into it a little bit, but I think it's a great it's a great idea because these are things like you know that we just. Oh, hope that our kids learn as they grow. But if you we all know if you're really intentional about making some of those things happen, you have a far better chance of success. And so I think that the the book and the activities are a great way uh, for a parent to feel like they're on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. And the nice thing about some of the activities too is they can be done over and over again. Oh. So them in their natural lives as well. They can transition them from that activity to everyday life. Super good. Listen, thank you, my friend, for coming in, you. you know, letting everybody see behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> thank so, you for Anytime. So listen, let me know when you're ready to go live again. I can't wait and I will share it with everyone I know. Guys, I want you to go have a look at Brianna's site, get on her email list and she's in the inner circle. If you have any questions, she's an open book. <laughs> we'll see you all soon. Thanks again, Brianna. Thank you. Hey, listen, if you like what we're working on here at the Roadmap to 50K and it's helping you get clarity on your next steps, I think you really have to check out our inner circle. You know, it is just an amazing place to learn how to build your business the right way. And you get to do it with a wonderful group of store owners that support each other and will cheer you on. You know, in the inner circle, our only purpose is to help our members get results. And because of that, we actually have dedicated coaches that are fully trained and available to work one-on-one -on -one with you. And we offer that to our members at crazy affordable prices, because I know that sometimes you just need a little extra help 
to get past a roadblock so that you can move on and make progress again. So if this sounds good to you, I want you to head on over to thesocialsalesgirls.com forward slash inner dash circle and get on the wait list. We will send you a lesson so that you can see what's waiting for you on the inside. And we'll also invite you to join us the next time we are open to take new members. So listen, friends, that's all. Thank you so much for spending your time with me and I will see you next week.